You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked on Rays podcast and Ulysses today we are joined by a very special guest to quite frankly help uh, not to pat ourselves on the back but help commemorate over 500 episodes of this podcast and that is Trisha Whitaker who is the Tampa Bay Rays television sideline reporter and host for Valley Sports Sun. Trisha, how are you doing today? Uh, I'd imagine pretty good after a race series win following the all-star break, right? Yeah. I thought they were going to never let me host the pre and post game show again, because my track record when hosting is really terrible. I hosted that entire <laughs> Seattle series, the entire mm. Seattle series. Uh-huh. And my, and Arrestus was like, if they lose like two out of three of these games against the Braves, you can't host again. And I'm like, that's a fair assessment. I shouldn't be able to because I'm the common denominator, but it was great. I mean, they, that was a great way for them to come out of the all-star break, taking two out of three from the Braves and the way that they took them to um, the Rays are second in the majors and comeback wins. And they did that again last night. So it was awesome. Yeah. And again, I, I think Ulysses, I can speak for you as well. We weren't expecting the Rays to get swept by the Seattle Mariners back right. not too long ago. So that was uh not so fun there, but uh, Trisha, getting right into it here, um, I, I got to give a shout out to a fellow Hoosier. I am from Southern Indiana, New Albany. You are, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure where you're from within Indiana, but I know you went to IU and worked in the Indianapolis area. So if you don't mind just outlining your, your background and, and growing up a Hoosier. Wait, I had no idea you were from New Albany. I love that. I'm so yes. from that area. Um, no, I'm from Bloomington. So I went to IU and I teach at IU in the off season and I grew up at IU. I mean, I grew up in Bloomington, right? I grew up at IU. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, um, we moved there. I was actually born in Florida. Weird. I was born in Florida. Oh. I was born in, um, Jupiter, Florida, and I still have tons of family there. So it's really funny. Like my two homes are Florida and Indiana. And of course those are both the places that I've worked. So, um, we moved to Indiana when I was eight years old and then, um, and then I went to IU. And then after IU, I went to Green Bay, Wisconsin, the frozen tundra mm. to get the Packers. And uh, <laughs> after that, I went to Indianapolis um, to work for the local Fox and CBS. Did a lot of um, good old Indiana basketball, some yes. racing, Colts, Pacers, you name it. Um, and a fun fact, Austin Meadows was my neighbor when I lived in Indianapolis. Oh, yeah. wow. I know. Wow. He and his wife. What a small world. I know he and his wife, Alexis lived like a floor down from me at my apartment building. Cause he played for the Indians, the pirates, triple a right. and Tyler glass now was there when I was there too. We weren't neighbors, but <laughs> wow. Yeah. wow. What a small world. Everything is interconnected here with, with the race. I, I want to kind of dissect that though. You mentioned the Packers, you mentioned the Indiana Pacers. Can you walk us through those early steps coming out of university and saying, okay, where do I go? What, where do I do? Because growing up, you always have a mission statement. kind of like, okay, do your grades, have this thing, do this project. Okay. But once you're out of college, the world just kind of tells you, okay, figure it out. How did you figure it out and say, okay, this is the path that I want to go? Well, let me tell you something. Uh, 
get your grades was never like my thing. It was always <laughs> get your internship, get the internship, get the interview. I mean, I didn't have bad grades, but like, I would not have like, you know, nobody would have been impressed with my GPA. I'll say that. And it's because with this career, and I always tell my students this at IU, nobody asks for your transcript when you apply for jobs. Not a single person in my nine, how old am I? Oh God. Nine or 10 years of being in this industry has asked for my transcript. They don't yeah. give a hoot. Like you could have a 4.0 GPA. They'd be like, congratulations. What have you done? You know? So I didn't focus on that. I focused on internships and I focused on my experience. So in college, I did the student television station. I covered IU basketball, IU football. I was an intern for the Pacers. And for whatever reason, I have no idea why they thought this would be a good idea. They let me run their video portion of their website. The NBA oh, wow. team, a 20-year-old run their <laughs> video portion of their website. So I'm down there interviewing like LeBron James before the Eastern Conference Finals, Dwayne Wade. And I'm like this 20-year-old running around with this like home video recorder and posting <laughs> it on a national basketball, I mean, on, on an NBA website. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then I applying for jobs out of college and TV is horrible. Um, my poor students have to do that every year. So that's a huge part of my job is walking them through because you will apply for like 200 jobs and you'll get a call by like maybe one or two, maybe if you're mm -hmm. lucky. So I think I applied probably about 70 places and I was fortunate to get three phone calls, three. Um, so, and one of them that I got was in Green Bay, Wisconsin, covering the Packers for the local ABC affiliate. And I mean, you know, that was a no brainer. So they, it was the day after graduation, the day after graduation, they flew me up there. I interviewed for the job. And then the next day they offered me the job and that's where it all started. And now you guys are stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, was there ever a, a moment in, in, in your life, you know, growing up saying, Oh, maybe I wanted to be a lawyer. Maybe I want to be a doctor. I mean, what actually was the, the, the moment where you're like, you know, sports journalism, that that's what I want to do. Like what actually clicked that for you? So there was a point in college where I thought I wanted to be a social worker. Okay. I would have made the worst social worker in the world because <laughs> I am so like, all right, we can talk about your problems, but then like get over it. And that is the worst. <laughs> that is just the worst way to be for a social worker. God bless the social workers of the world. I thought I wanted to be a social worker. That did not go well. Um, I also, for like a minute, considered musical theater because I like love to sing and I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. But, um, but then I decided I didn't want to move to New York City and work at a bar for 12 years just to try to get your shot on Broadway. Um, and I then my advisor emailed me and she was like, hey, uh, the student television station, they're having auditions. You should try out. And I was like, oh. Yeah, I never thought about that. I'm like, I like talking. I like sports and I like telling stories. That really could work. So I did it and it clicked and here I am. So yeah, I mean, it seriously just was liking sports and liking talking. I love telling stories. That's always been something that I, ever since I was little, I was that weirdo in elementary school who would like write all these random stories and make my parents read them every night, you know? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's kind of how it happened. And it just snowballed from there. And I happened to really enjoy it. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? It doesn't make any sense at all. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years 
Their prices are reliably low for every customer as well. They have everything you could possibly need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto part needs. Again, go to rockauto.com right now. See the uh, see all the parts available for your car or truck. And remember, right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you to the right place. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And when you talk about sports journalism, you've been doing it now for, for a decade uh, almost. And, you know, I, I love how you use social media in a, in a positive way because you, you've become a role model, you know, for, for people who want to pursue this and, and for women as well. Can, can you kind of talk about how you show your vulnerability and, and, and your openness about your daily life on social media to kind of say, hey, you know, it's not all glamour. It's like, I'm just a normal person. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So I hate how Instagram is like a highlight reel for a lot of people because my life is anything but a highlight reel. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. This job is great. Like it's, it's wonderful. I love it, but I just don't like it when people act like their life is so perfect to the highlight reel. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I enjoy posting things where I'm like, I'm an idiot. Look what I did today. This was really stupid. Um, Or like, or it's not always stupid things like just random funny things like one time I did an entire broadcast with my dress on backwards like <laughs> um, the other day like I think I spilled coffee all over my dress before the show and I was just like I don't even care I'm doing it anyways um probably my bosses don't like that very much but um that's okay um so no I I just don't like the idea of it being a highlight reel I I don't like the idea of people acting like they never make mistakes or broadcasters acting like they and we don't have those with the rays but everybody knows of a broadcaster who acts like you know they're perfect and everything you know they walk on water and whatever and it's just like no we're not we're here to tell other people's stories. Like we're, that's what we're here to do. I'm here to tell the Rays stories. I'm not here because people like me, I'm here because people like the Rays and somebody needs to tell their stories. So um, yeah, that's kind of just my MO on, on social media. And I also like to post about things that don't have to do with baseball. So like um, the furniture know. one, I, I, I'm sorry that this is, I yeah. hope it's not creepy, but like I, I, the furniture thing was so funny when you were trying to make that happen. And then your dad helped you out. Oh my God. That was I, so see, funny. You know, that's what I like with social media. It's like, uh, and it's funny, like Rays fans will remember those things more than like some story I told about Tyler Glass now and is like, you know, incorporating a new pitch or something like they'll be like oh my gosh did you get the nightstand put together and i'm like oh yeah uh no i didn't (laughs) i I mean i think it helps people i mean that's where everybody is a normal person at the end of the day so like i don't i don't like to just post there's you know that's one of the things i just mentioned tyler glass now that's one of the things i resonate with glass now about is he's always like there's more to life than baseball and that's why he goes to the park and plays chess when he's in new york city Right. right. And there's more to life than just baseball or just being on TV. And I don't I don't want people on social media to think that that's all there is. You know, if I if I were to ever lose this job or something, I want people to know that, you know, that's not what life is all about. So, yeah, that yeah. was kind of a long winded answer. Don't know if you expected that. But there you go. <laughs> no, that's that's good. And I think that's part of it is learning 
the behind the scenes of athletes and broadcasters and, and really anything, celebrities, whatever it may be. And you mentioned Tyler Glass now and, and really touching on the Rays a little bit. Um, is there a current or former Rays player that for you has proven to be the most interesting interview subject? Is it Glass now or is it somebody else um, that, that you've seen over the last couple of years? Glass now is absolutely one of them. I think in 2019, when I first started with this job, he wasn't as like open about his personality mm-hmm. um, and he wasn't. And, and I think it's so cool to see like that change. Like he's become one of my favorite interviews, not on the day before he's pitching on the day yeah. he's pitching. He is locked in and he doesn't like to talk the day before he pitches, which oh. is fine. I get yeah. it. Um, but when he is like, we did a raise all access show on him and he and I did a sit down interview. It was one of the best, most informative, but also entertaining interviews that I think I've ever done because he, he can be serious, you know, and, and talk about serious things, but then he can also be really funny and be really open and like a little bit vulnerable. Um, And so I don't know, he's definitely, in terms of like an all around interview that Tyler would be my pick, but in terms of like funny and mm-hmm. entertaining, that would absolutely have to be Brett Phillips and Pete Fairbanks. I love, <laughs> except for when Pete, the Seattle series, <laughs> Pete was not as entertaining in his post game interviews, rightfully mm-hmm. so, but right. um, he's just, they're both so funny. Like they just, and Brett, like Brett just like gets it. Like, you know, sometimes you'll interview a guy and you're like, you don't understand what I'm asking. Like, of course we know, you know, that you guys didn't do well tonight. We know that you didn't do well, but I need you to say it. I need you to tell me why things didn't go well. Um, and Brett gets that, like, you know, he, he just gets what you're looking for. So he's, I'm actually doing a sit down interview with him at two 30 today, um, for our next raise all access. So <laughs> that should be like, a he's, good he's a guy that leans into it. He's a guy that understands like he's, I think post-career he'll have something in baseball or something in media, whatever it may be. Like it's okay to laugh and make fun of yourself. You don't have to have this stoic. I'm only an athlete demeanor. And I think that goes a long way too, Ulysses. Yeah. And, and, and you, you're saying you started in 2019. You've seen that growth of Tyler Glasnow, but we've also kind of been able to see the growth of your rapport with these players. You know, I, I know that the, the biggest attractor would be like, oh, you know, the race trade so many players that you might have to start from, from scratch, but that hasn't really been the case from the last two years or so. Yeah. There's, there've been new faces here and there, but from 2019, you've still got that core. So how do you develop genuine interviews to get these guys to be vulnerable with you in front of a mic, in front of a, a, a of a big light and, and, and cameras like how do you get to be so personal with these players? What, what is the, the magic sauce for you, Tricia? Gosh, the magic sauce. Um, you know, honestly, I think it takes time and it takes them trusting you. Um, I, I think being like the team reporter definitely makes it easier. I'm not going to lie. So mm-hmm. like they know that like I, I do everything with a twist of optimism, right? I'm, I would never be out to get them. I can't. I'd be fired. Right. Um, yeah. you know, I had to be interviewed by both Valley and the Rays to get this job. So oh. I'm not an outside factor for them. And they know that like, I'm, I, I couldn't do anything to shed the, or paint them in, in a negative light. Um, so I think that helps a lot, but okay. that being said, 
you also have to develop those relationships with them because like they like yes they do have to talk to the media but they don't g-man Choi doesn't have to eat korean food with me if he doesn't want to right uh, brett phillips doesn't have to show me his t-shirt line if he doesn't want to tyler glass now doesn't have to sit down for a 30 minute interview with me if he doesn't want to so you do have to develop a good positive relationship with them and i think also one of the keys is um <laughs> sounds funny but like getting to know their families too like mm. i feel like i've gotten to know a lot of their families super super well because wow. like what we don't sometimes remember when we're on TV, we are in their living rooms every single night, the parents, the families, they feel like they know the broadcast team because they watch us every night. And I, I feel like that's helped me get to know the guys a little bit better, just where they're from, what they're about. And also let's be honest, this is like a great group of guys. Like I, I like hit the jackpot. I yeah. don't know if it would have gone this well with another team. I, and I, and that's not just team talk. That's not me being like, oh, I work for a great team. But like, I actually do. You don't have Joey Wendell's everywhere. You don't have no. Austin's everywhere. You don't have Willie Adamas's everywhere. You don't have Randy Rosarena's everywhere. You don't have Choi's everywhere. Like that's, it's, that's not totally. And I feel like race fans need to appreciate that right now. That we have a great group of human beings on this team and running this team. Um, and I can say that knowing them, quite well being with them more than I'm with my own family. Um, and so that helps, honestly, like I, I don't know that I would have been able to build such great relationships if there weren't such great humans with the race. Yeah. That's such a great point. And it's so funny because I was watching the game the other night with my dad and he's not a big sports fan, but he was like, man, it looks like these guys really like each other and have fun around each other. And you don't see that with every other professional nope. sports teams. A lot of times, or oftentimes it's, you know, you get 25 different, 26 different cabs to go home or, or go out to eat or whatever it may be. But it seems like this is really a great collective group, which we've known about the Rays, is that it's clubhouse chemistry and things like that is, is really important there. Um, and Trish is speaking about the Rays and kind of asking some specific Rays-related questions here. Uh, Three-part question for you. I'll go, I'll go one by one. I just want to get your initial thought and reaction. Uh, who, for you, has been the Rays' first half MVP? So I was asked this question and... My initial answer was Mike Zunino, but thought about it a little bit. And I was like, no, I think I'm going to go with Austin Meadows. And obviously I would have gone with Tyler Glass now if he hadn't have gotten injured. But my answer is Austin Meadows. Um, But that's not to say that Mike Zunino didn't. I mean, I, I know, you know, Zunino hits home runs. That's what he does. Mm -hmm. It's not like he has this like overwhelming batting average or whatever, but, and also like, what he does behind the plate, like people, we like, I feel like don't appreciate that enough. Like he's just so solid. Um, but Austin Meadows at the plate, what he's done, they, they wouldn't be where they are without what he has done, especially this past series against the Braves. He was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And I think though, if Tyler would have stayed healthy, it would have been glass now. And honestly, I was really disappointed in that, he didn't get an all-star nod. You understand it, but I was disappointed in that just because I felt like his body of work was enough. Um, but you know, yeah, I, I would say Meadows, but you know, also partially glass now. I mean, I know he got hurt, but like at the start of the season, oh my gosh, like every time we took down, you're like, Oh, we got this. We're good. (laughs) It's a nice feeling. It's a nice feeling to, to watch a game. You're like, Oh, glasses on the mountain. Okay. This is going to be fun to watch and it's going to be a fun outcome. Yep. Absolutely. 
just, just the amount of over the course of the weekend we saw with Meadows, just like we need a sack fly here. Can you get the ball in the air and deep into yes. the outfield? It's like, nice. yes, sir. I will. I will yeah. do that. I, I can handle that for you coach. <laughs> and and he did multiple times. Uh, okay. Uh, Trisha, who has been, or who was uh, the biggest surprise for you in the first half of the season? Okay. So I don't know if this is going to be a very popular answer <clears throat> because I think maybe other people expected him to be good, but I just wasn't sure. I'm going to say Rich Hill. Like mm. I, I know, okay. like, I know that he's like a seasoned veteran, but I just had, I didn't, I'm not saying I doubted him. I just was like, does he still have like gas in the tank? Yeah. And after his first couple outings, his first couple outings were not good. You remember no. this? They were mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Um, and then holy hell, the May that he put together. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, this is unbelievable. What yeah. he's um Colin McHugh, I think, was another one. He was a really good first half surprise, I feel. Um, but yeah, I, I'm gonna go with Rich Hill. And maybe that's just me being like, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I just didn't expect him to be what he has been for this team. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's me being like, oh, like he's 41. Does he really have what it takes at this point in his career? Well, stupid me, he does clearly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's, I just think he's been a really pleasant surprise in my, in my opinion. I don't know that everybody would agree with me, but in my, my head, I was surprised that he did, yeah. especially what he did in May. Yeah. Well, I mean, Rich Hill signed a two and a half million dollar contract. So I don't even know if he expected himself to be as good as he's been. <laughs> this season and the amount of innings he pitched the past two years, it was like 35 and 50 something. So, I mean, he's definitely, I think exceeded expectations for sure. Uh, And then another question here uh, in your opinion, Trisha, which race player will have the biggest breakout or really break out in the second half here? Randy or Rosarina. Okay. He's due. He's due. You guys, it's been rough for him the last few weeks or so. I haven't, looked at the exact numbers, but I know it's been tough for him and I'm calling a breakout in the second half of the season for Randy Rosarina. I think he's going to channel his inner, uh, 2020 October self, maybe not to that extent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, I think he's going to have a good second half of the season. I think he's going to make some adjustments. Um, and I think we're going to see him get back to what we know, the star that we know that he can be and they need him to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Chris, I mean, that- they need him too. <laughs> and and, and uh, that guy, you can add him up to Wander Franco, Brendan Lau. I mean, one of these three guys goes on a tear and they can put the whole team on their back. 100. And if there's only what, 70 games left, it can be done. Gosh, there's only 70 games left. Oh my gosh, that's insane. Uh, it's it's crazy when you yeah. think about it after the All-Star break, it's like, it's not really the midpoint of the season. It's like, we've already played 90 here. So yeah. uh, we're, we're into the stretch run with that. This episode is brought to you in part by Spotify Greenroom. Greenroom is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, Ulysses, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. We'll be hosting rooms for Locked on Rays once a week, and yes, that means you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. Go download the free Spotify Greenroom app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. You can follow me at Kevin Weiss, K-E-V-I-N-W-E-I-S-S, and Ulysses at U-L-I-S-E-S. 
to be notified when our rooms go live. Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Uh, okay, Trisha, some some rapid fire questions before we wrap things up, uh, so listeners and and the Rays fan base can get to uh, know you a little bit better. Uh, what is your favorite hobby or hobbies, maybe outside of music? We know that the music and singing thing is a hey, big. Come on, stuff, Kevin, that was an easy I, one. <laughs> look, I know I, something else. Just a little one uh, B. You've got one A, maybe one B. Yeah, uh, and go from there. Dogs. Kidnapping people's dogs. That's okay. My best <laughs> friend Ashley in St. Pete has a golden retriever, and I kidnap him on a regular basis. I also fostered a dog uh, during the pandemic last year when baseball wasn't happening. So dogs. I don't have a dog, but dogs. <laughs> okay. Well, it's funny, Ulysses, because uh, we like to refer to ourselves or, or the podcast as having a third co-host, and that is. Uh, my little Shih Tzu Terrier that interrupts the <laughs> podcast inevitably uh, yes. at least once a week with uh, some barking and things like that. So I love that answer right there. Um, favorite Tampa Bay area restaurant. All right. I have a couple. Okay. Bodega for lunch. Yes. Naked farmer for lunch. If you haven't been there, you must go. It's all local farmers produce. And I love local stuff. Okay. Um, and I'm, this makes me sound really bougie, but whatever. I really like Beach Drive. I love the vibe of Beach Drive. Yeah. Bella Brava. And okay. I just went to this new place last night. It's not new. It's new to me. Anata, Anata Wine Bar for okay. dinner. Bella Brava or on uh, Beach Drive. So a couple non-bougie places for lunch and then a couple bougie places for dinner. <laughs> Um, but yeah. Yeah, for me, it's a lot about the vibe. Like the food has to be good, but it's also got to be. Oh, I forgot Rococo. That's awful of me. Rococo Steakhouse, which is right down the road for me. That's also another one. We got a lot of things to try, uh, Kevin. Maybe maybe on a, on a on a weekend yeah. we go to a Rays game and then spend the whole day in St. Pete. Maybe we can check out a couple of those. I, I feel bad because I've not been to a single one of those. I usually uh, not the bodega. Bodega is oh. a great date place too. I don't Take even know where it is. To bodega. Is it in St. Pete? Is it in Tampa? I don't. I don't know. It's it's I both. I don't cross the bridge very often, so all oh, of okay. St. Pete. Oh, I like Burn Steakhouse in Tampa. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you there go. There we go. Kevin loves that, that one. one yes. See, I, I was thinking. It, 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 bad question because I should have St. Pete, Tampa. There is a little bit of a void there. I'm on the Tampa side of the restaurant thing, but Burns, we we can agree on that one for sure with that. But I'll have to try those other there ones too. Um, okay. <laughs> Outside of baseball, what is your, your favorite sport to take in to watch? Well, Indiana basketball, college basketball. Oh, yeah. Fan. I have a huge Bobby Knight. Well, actually, it's not up right now. I need to put that. But I have a huge poster of Bobby Knight throwing the chair in my living room, <laughs> which I always enjoy showing Kevin Kiermeyer on the Zooms. Um, it was kind of like an ongoing <laughs> joke of 2020 because I had this big uh, picture of Assembly Hall, this big picture of Bobby Knight, and he's a big Purdue guy, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, college basketball. And then, I mean, I love the NFL. I covered the NFL for seven, eight years, something like that. I covered the Packers and then the Colts. Um, and there's just nothing like NFL Sundays. I just, there's oh, nothing yeah. like it. I mean, and there's nothing like Lambeau Field on an Ooh. NFL Sunday in the fall or in the winter. It is freezing cold. Um, it's I love it. So yeah, that's my answer. I always give you two answers. You ask for one, then you no, know. it's fine. Hey, follow up. Uh, favorite IU basketball player of all time. Oh gosh, favorite IU basketball player of all time. Well, oh God, it's so hard. Um, when I was little, 
the national championship team that played Maryland in 2002, my favorite player, his name was Kyle Hornsby. Nobody knows who he is, but I know who he is. I was a 12 year old. I had the biggest crush on him. Oh, and AJ Moye. Also, nobody knows who he is. Mm -hmm. He was my other favorite, probably like current day favorite IU basketball player. Ugh. I don't know. I was a big Cody Zeller fan. He uh, plays yeah. for Charlotte now uh, in the NBA. But yeah, I was a big Cody Zeller fan. Also, nobody probably okay. knows about that. <laughs> There's a little spot in my heart. I know he was only there for one season, but Romeo Langford with the oh, New yeah. Albany connection. So there's oh, one there. He yeah, was your so. for a while. <laughs> he was. He was. It's so funny. There's a lot of Hoosiers within the Rays organization. You've got you've got Brasso, you've got yourself, Trisha, you've got Kevin Kiermeyer. My sister actually went to Purdue. So there's some good because a lot of my family is IU, Butler, Purdue. So it's a lot of, yeah. you know inner family rivalry there. So very good with that. Um, okay. Uh, favorite or actually let me rephrase this. Uh, funniest raised player you've ever encountered. Encountered the funniest guy. Uh, or work with Phillips, Brett Phillips for sure. Okay. Okay. There's another acceptable answer. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, favorite ballpark to visit outside of the trap. Okay. So in terms of like new ballpark and like really, um, fancy and stuff, San Diego Padres. Okay. We did a whole cool. traveling segment there in 2019 when we were <clears throat> traveling. Um, <laughs> we did a whole segment there and um, it was amazing. I mean, it was the most beautiful, like state of the art ballpark, great area. Loved it. In terms of like historic ballpark, like old school, Wrigley, for sure, Wrigley. I mean, I grew up in Indiana watching the Cubs. My dad and I yeah. would go to Wrigley, we would make a trip there every single summer. Um, and I just, it's, I mean, I know it's not like a nice ballpark, but like, it's like got that historic old school feel. And I just, and the surrounding area around Wrigley Field is just so cool. And we were yeah. supposed to play there in 2020 on July 4th. Yes. I am still, I am still so, I'm still so upset that we did. I mean, that one, that one hurt. So. I got away. Yeah. <laughs> Ulysses, what is your favorite ballpark to visit? Because you've been to quite a few, including Truist uh, ballpark. I would, yeah, I just went to, to the Braves series. Um, I would have to say target field in Minnesota. Uh, I I'm a lover of the, everything cold because you know, from Venezuela, we, we don't really experience the cold that much. Um, so uh, I would have to say Minnesota, that was a really, really cool stadium. And I just want to say, Trisha, we have this thing, uh, you know, the Venezuelan bump happens when I talk, you know, good about a Venezuelan player, Indiana bump. When uh, Kevin yeah. says something about Indiana, I think this is an Indiana bump kind of show. I'm just, oh, just sure. throwing it out Absolutely. there. Yeah. Also, Target Field. That's actually one of my favorites, too. They yeah. are the most environmentally friendly ballpark in America. Did you know that? Mm, I did not. Well, segment on it back when we were traveling and um, we did a whole segment on it and they have the gold led standard um, award or whatever it is, or it's like not an award. It's like a, it's like a standard. Right. Which okay. means that they are the most like they're so like they take all of the rainwater that falls onto the field and they recycle it and they use wow. it to water the field, the grass in the field and That's all of awesome. their, um, plastic. They don't have plastic in their ballpark. It's all compostable. It's really cool. We did a whole segment on it too. 
Um, wow. This is gonna, that? this is that, that's, I mean, that's amazing. But all I, I, what I can really remember is the Buffalo Mac and cheese. So you see oh. where my priorities are, Trisha, well, you when I go in a compostable bowl. So that's yes. <laughs> good thing that Trisha gave you a lot of restaurant recommendations. Ulysses. You'll yes. have to get on those pretty soon. Uh, okay. Yeah. Trisha, final thing here. Uh, one piece of advice for aspiring sports media professionals, if you add something. Um, don't limit yourself, I would say. Um, I talk to a lot of students and they're like, oh, I want to be a sideline reporter. And I'm like, that's wonderful. But you mm-hmm. got to start somewhere else first. <laughs> you cannot just get there. Don't limit yourself. Um, also, just like be a good person. Like, I, I know that sound that's not very business savvy of me to say, but like a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, some people in this industry will step on other people's toes to get where they want to be, or right. they will do anything they can to try to get the story, even if that means hurting somebody or telling the story wrong or um, just being a crappy person. Be a good person. I mean, seriously, you, you don't really get far in this industry if you have a reputation of not being a good person. So be a good person. Um, don't limit yourself for sure. Say yes to every opportunity. I mean, I remember in college, I was my first assignment for the student television station was like covering a, a tennis, an IU tennis match. I don't know anything about tennis, mm-hmm. but I did it and I, and I did it. And then in Green Bay, Wisconsin, when the Packers weren't playing, I would cover fishing tournaments. And like oh, wow. a lot of people would be like, oh, that sucks. It's like, no, you make the best of your opportunity. You go and you tell the best fishing story that you've ever told um, and you make it fun. So I went out there and I told this story about how they were fishing on the ice and, you know, about how somebody's grandpa had been doing this for the last like seven decades and it's a family tradition. Find the story and tell it well. Um, yeah. Your job is to tell good stories. Um, so, yeah, that, that would be my advice. Um, and don't also don't make the job your identity. I know we kind of talked about that mm-hmm. earlier, the social media yeah. stuff. When you make the job your identity, it, you can get into murky waters in terms of like your mental health, to be honest. Like you cannot make this job who you are. It is, it is a part of who you are, of course, right. but you can't make it everything. And I think that's what I have learned a lot this year, especially after the pandemic. You, you just, you gotta have other things to do in life. Yeah. You can't get so obsessed with baseball that you just like don't do anything else um, and prioritize the people that matter. Um, you know, your family is always going to be there. Baseball, this job, this career, there's going to be a time when nobody wants to watch me on television anymore. <laughs> and that's, that's going to happen. And who's still going to be there? You know, my family and the people I've known since, since the beginning. So that would be my advice to aspiring broadcasters. <laughs> that's great advice. Great advice. Um, and then finally, Trisha, is there anything you'd like to add or mention how people can reach out to you, et cetera? Oh, you know, you can always connect with me on Instagram. I'm not very good at responding to my, my DMs from people I don't follow, but I'll try. Um, yeah. And then I think if you're looking for fun raise content this year, we're doing more raise all access shows than we've ever done ever. We're doing 18 of them. Um, and we're trying to get the players to do things outside of the ballpark. So with G-Man Choi, we ate Korean food. Um, so we're trying to help people get to know these players on a deeper level. So with this Brett Phillips show, that's what we're going to try to do. I mean, everybody already knows Brett Phillips. But um, if you want to watch those, I tweet about those all the time. Um, and I think they've been a highlight of the season, at least for me. So For sure. 
Okay, we once again want to give a very, very big thank you to Trisha Whitaker for joining us on the program and providing some great, great content as well. That wraps up this edition of the Locked on Rays podcast. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episodes of the Locked on Bets and Locked on MLB Prospects podcast. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we'll talk to you tomorrow.